Comfort, oh, comfort my people, says our God. Six centuries before the birth of Jesus, the Hebrew people were lined up and they were marched across the desert. They were sent to exile in Babylon. Their kingdom had fallen to the Persian king Nebuchadnezzar. Their temple was destroyed, Jerusalem was ransacked, and the people were sent from their city to live in this foreign land in exile. Life in exile for the Hebrew people, it turned everything upside down. Families were separated. Villages and communities that had been together for generations were torn apart. Social structures changed. And people were alienated from the places that they loved and knew that gave them meaning. And the temple where they believed that God met humanity was no longer. And the values of their community, the values of care for the widow and the poor and the outsider, for justice, for the love of God above all other loves, and for the love of neighbor, they were not the values of the society that the Hebrew people were now sent to live in. They were not the values of the world that surrounded them. They were living in exile. And the people began to wonder if God, or if the values they'd been taught through Scripture even mattered. They wonder what had happened to God, whether God had abandoned them. And they experienced apathy. Apathy for standing with the values, the principles that they'd held dear. They experienced hopelessness. Hopelessness that they'd ever go home. They'd ever go home to the promised land, the land that God had given them. And it's from this wind-swept place across the desert, from their home, that the writer that scholars call Second Isaiah wrote, from this place of exile, Comfort, O oh comfort, my people, says our God. In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. In this time of exile, this time of absence, Isaiah is saying, God is still with you. Right there. Right with you in the desert. In the desert of exile. Exile. Do you ever feel like a person in exile? Do you ever feel that you're living in a place that does not reflect the values that you hold true? Living in a place where it feels like God is not there or God has somehow left the building? Or wondering, really, what's the point of any of all, all of it? 
What's the point of any of this? A place of exile. Maybe it happens for you when you read the news, or maybe it's when you're at work and wondering what the point is, or maybe, maybe it's trying to figure out what to do now that you no longer work. Or maybe it's in your own heart, in your own personal life, this feeling of exile. For me, for me, I experience it when I read the news each day. When a truth that we all kind of know is true becomes more apparent, when I know that my daughter is not being brought up in a world where she'll be safe, where one in four, one in four women experience sexual violence within their lives, where over 50% of women experience sexual harassment in their work or in school, that's when I feel like I'm in exile. Or when I look at this season, this season about Christ's coming, about Christ's presence in the world, and it's focused on consumption. It's all about consumption and having more stuff. Materialism. We actually measure our nation's progress by how much we consume. Exile. And even amongst, at this time, the greatest period of job growth and a strong economy and record stock markets, there are homeless in our own community, and there's people in our own town who are going home and going to bed hungry tonight. Exile. Or hearing from many of you about, even in the season that's all about joy, experiencing grief and loss about that person who's no longer here right now or about how the struggles with addiction in your family or your own life come to a sharp edge right now and family conflict from years past seems to resurface every year in december exile or this week this week when we approach the fifth anniversary of the Newtown Sandy Hook shootings, and in those five years, what's changed? Exile. And then there's Congress, and I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> it's easy, actually quite logical, to have no hope to wonder where God is in any of this. Has God left the building, abandoned us, left our world? We're a people living in exile. Comfort, oh comfort, my people, says our God. Many say that our faith our faith in the Judeo-Christian tradition is born in exile. Much of the Psalms were written in this time of exile. The Torah, which though the stories existed, was actually written down and assembled during this time of exile. 
And many of our prophets speak like Isaiah out of this time of exile. When there seemed to be no hope, when the values of God's people and the values of the society they lived in were deeply disconnected, that's when God spoke. That's when God acted. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make way straight, a highway for our God. Even when all odds seem against you and me, either, even when we wonder if there's any point, when we believe that finding a way to the promised land to that land of God's dream, of justice, of peace, of freedom, of equality, seems so impossible, that's right where God speaks. Comfort, oh comfort, oh my people. And so we're given this guy, John the Baptist. John the Baptist, who is a crazy man standing on the edge of the city, eating locusts and wild wild honey. He's dressed in camel hair, screaming against it all, standing against all the dominant culture of his time. And the people from the cities and throngs, they're coming out to see him, to hear him, to hear him preach of repentance In Greek, the word is metanoia. It means a turning, a 180-degree turning from the ways of the world. And it says they're confessing, repenting of their sins. In Greek, it's exomangalahila is the word. It means together, acknowledging openly and joyfully where they'd gone wrong. It wasn't an individual flatulation of individual sins. It was collective. It was communal. It was saying, together, we're going to turn and live another way out there in the desert on the edge of the city with a crazy man. It was in that time of no hope that God speaks and says, prepare a way. Let's turn and live another way, and find a way forward. Isaiah and John the Baptist. You know, we just heard from the handbell choir, and I love handbells, and it's not just for a musical reason, but they have a lot to teach us. Because if you were to hear any one of these bells playing by itself, for a while, it would be annoying. (laughs) But as we just saw that together, as they all play together, they make amazing music. It's not just one individual, but it's how they're played together as a choir. Each person having its own note, but together, They make the music of our God. And so it is for you and for me. We each have a part to play. We each have our own note. On our own, it's nothing much. 
but together it's the music of our God. It's a music of beauty. It's a music in, of hope. It's a music of light and darkness. It's the same song that Isaiah was singing there in Babylon in exile. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says our God. Prepare a way for the Lord. Make path straight for the coming of our God. Amen.